the church of those called out ones that have been separated out. Peter said you were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You don't belong to this world. You have gotten out of the kingdom of darkness and have been brought into the kingdom of his dear son. You are the church. And he could say, here, old church. Talking to church folks now. You might need to listen and then do what is said in the word. Welcome to the light of the world. And this is Jerry G. Martin. Moses spoke to God's people and say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Peter spoke to the church and say, We need to continue growing up spiritually. We're going to share these messages with you today to help you to know that God is one and that you should keep growing spiritually. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. In one important respect, today's culture is similar to that when the early church began. Unbelievers from all segments of society were constantly attacking the church and criticizing Christians and criticizing Christianity. It's often the conduct of the Christians or those who call themselves Christians that provides fuel for the critics and their accusations. Peter wrote his first letter to the new church to those who needed some motivation to persevere in their evangelism, in their reaching others, while in the midst of a stressful and difficult trials and persecutions they were encountering. No matter where we are, no matter what the times are, what the culture is, when you start going out doing the work of the Lord, you will have some resistance. And you're going to have that resistance because we have an adversary who doesn't want the Word of God to go out and doesn't want us to be fruitful in the kingdom. So you're going to have some resistance. You're probably not going to have very much resistance if you're doing nothing. Maybe you will. You'll have some resistance to come to church. I don't think I'm going to come today. I went last Sunday. But I heard somebody say, when you come to church during the midweek service, you know, you're on the way for God's blessings to come to you. So we've been looking at Peter, the first chapter for the last several weeks, and I want to look at a part in chapter two. Peter called the people to fortify their testimony. Do you have a testimony? We just heard one just a moment ago. You have a testimony? All of us who come to Christ have a testimony. And he said you need to brush it off and fortify your testimony with respect to righteous living. He says, I want you to fortify your testimony with respect to righteous living. There were two things he wanted to point out. One, that was a personal godly discipline that is inward and private. We, we got to discipline ourselves and we all got to keep working on ourselves because we can get out of line and we got to get back in line. A personal godly discipline that is inward and private. It's just me and you, Lord. I got to walk this life out in my inward being. Privately. And then secondly, a personal godly demonstration 
that is outward and public. We have one that is inward and private. We, want, we have another one that's outward and public. You know, we can act one way in public and another one in private. He wanted to talk about that. And this is what he said. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. He's already in chapter 1, verse 1, called us the elect, the saints, the people of God. But now he's saying in chapter 2, verse 11, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world. We talked about that, didn't we, last time? He said we were strangers. We were aliens in this world. He says, I urge you to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Think about that for a moment. He said, there are sinful desires that war against your soul. And then he said, now do this. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing or doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So we're going to talk about living the life inside and outside. Inside and outside. Here's what Peter says again to the aliens, to the believers. You are aliens. You are strangers. He reminded them they are not members. And he's reminding us. We are not members of the world's society, but instead we are members of the kingdom of God. We're not of the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. What do we mean by world? We mean the world system, the world order, the world's way of thinking, the world's way of functioning and orienting themselves and behaving themselves. Paul said this in the book of Romans, I beseech ye therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't let the world press you into its mold into its way of thinking and its way of doing things and its way of responding and its way of functioning. Yeah, somebody spoke ill of you and somebody got on your nerve and the world said, give them a beat down. But the Lord said, bless them. Oh, I don't take that. I don't take that. No, you can't. No, no, no. That's the way the world responds. You don't respond that way. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. See, bless those who persecute you. You want to do that? I'll bless them all right. <laughs> That's not what he's talking about. <laughs> That's not what he's talking about. The point is, we can know what the Word of God says about how we need to function. But when it comes down to applying and functioning that way, we will revert to the ways of the world. We will revert to the ways of the world. As long as there's no pressure on us, we can act nice and be nice. But when the pressure comes and, and trouble comes and the storm comes, we start acting like we don't even know the Lord. 
And that's what Peter is talking about. He must have been looking at the folks after they left church. As spiritual aliens, he's saying, believers are to avoid and to shun the things of the world, the things of the world. Here's what John said in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. He says this, do not love the world or anything in the world. Don't love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world and the love of the Father is not in him. He said, if you love the things of the world and the way the world does things and and the way the world functions, the love of the Father is not in you. You can say what you want to say. For everything in the world, he says, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. If you look at what I got, look at what I'm doing. I've got my bling, my things, my way I do this and all the way I roll. It's me. It's me. He said, that ain't from God. The lust of the world, the pride of life, the lust of the eye. Look at what he says. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. Once we are saved, we are literally out of this world. What does alien mean when Peter said we're alien? That word aliens actually means alongside the house. Not in the house, but alongside the house. The world came to define any person who lives in a country not his own. And therefore, he is a foreigner. When you come into this country and you are not a citizen, you may have a passport. You may be able to go to the same restaurant. You may be able to go and do a lot of the things that I can do, but there's a line that get crossed where we start identifying who's citizens and who's not. You are still an alien. That's not a bad word. It just means that you're not from here and you are not a citizen. So we are not a citizen of the world because we have been born again into the kingdom of God. Have you been born again? Well, you've been born into a new kingdom. You've been born into a new kingdom. That's why Jesus did a lot of teaching on the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God functions like this. Let me tell you what the kingdom of God is because we weren't used to living in the kingdom of God. We were used to living where if you slap me, I'm going to slap you back. Jesus said, if somebody slap you, turn the other cheek. We said, we ain't doing that. He said, you got to grow into that. Aliens fit Christians who do not belong to this world system, but live alongside of those who do. So you got to work next to somebody who functions in the world system, right? You got to work next to them. The world just roll all up on you, so you can't escape the things of the world, but you're right alongside of it. They're putting pornography right in front of you every day now. Y'all see it. And some of y'all look at it a long time. Your kids that you want them to have a phone can be watching stuff that you didn't see until you got to be 30 years old. And you wonder why they're acting crazy when they're 12. He's got an addiction. You're going to get your underage child a phone. It ought not do nothing but rain. You got him. He's going all online. He can go anywhere you want to go on, his, on your phone. You're paying for it. You don't know where they're at. That's the cyber world that they get off into. 
Somebody told me the other day, I've got this problem with my son. He don't want to go to school anywhere. He just like to get on his computer and go off in there and stay in there eight hours a day doing stuff. See, that suck you into another world. People get addicted. They're going on in. And then when they come out and their eye turn green and you just wonder what's wrong with them. They don't mind shooting up everybody in the house because they done shot up everybody in the virtual world. We didn't train him like that. No, you didn't. Somebody else did. And we're going to say he stayed eight hours on the computer. You won't bring him to church. But that's the world. That's the world system. That's what the world put at you. You know, we were watching TV, Pastor Jack and I, one night. We were trying to watch this movie. And I started counting the commercials on the commercial break. That's 16 of them. You don't think that's going to influence you? They ain't spending that money for nothing. A little message here, a little message here. I'm saying, now, what's this woman in this bikini got to do with selling a dump truck? <laughs> the world, they're giving you their messages. They're telling you how to think. And somebody was wondering why our country and our culture seem to be messed up, the politicians and everybody. I said, you want to think about it like this. Back in the 60s, when the culture began to change in the world, and it was free love, it's the me generation, right? All the songs came out, I gotta be me, I did it my way, all of those things like that, drugs, sex, parties, free love. That was back in the mid to late 60s. The people that were back there my age, they're running the country. <laughs> That's the politicians now, the legislators, the judges, it was my generation that first started saying, we don't care what you do, just do your own thing. So now we can say, yeah, we don't care. You want to marry a man, go on marry a man, dude. I don't care. It takes generations for that stuff to get there. They start coming out the closet. Turn on, tune in, drop out was the motto. That's the world system. You don't think you've been influenced by that? Believers are saying the same thing. Well, you know, I can't tell people who to marry. You know, if that's two consenting adults, I think they ought to have the right to do what they, the Christians are saying that, the believers. A woman should have a right to do what she wants to do with her own body. No, she don't. You ain't got no right to do what you want to do with your body. If you think so, take your body on in somebody else's house and break in there and see what happens. Go sit in somebody's house and say, I got the right to do what I want with my own body. I can move it where I want to move it. No, you can't. That's what the world system says. And after a while, we start repeating it. Oh, see, y'all getting quiet now. It's easy to talk about the world and it's something out there. But we'll think like the world. We will agree with what the world says. And we'll be quiet when the world says it. And we won't, we won't even raise a, our voices up and say, no, 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 that's not godly. That's not biblical. And I'm not going down that pathway. So even though salvation produces a new disposition with the desire to live a holy life, our new life remains incarcerated within the old, unredeemed human flesh. Then we have an, an ongoing battle between the spirit and the flesh. I'm not talking about somebody who we have to point out. I'm talking about everybody have this battle between the spirit and the flesh no matter how long you've been saved. The good news is that we are no longer slaves of unrighteousness and sin is not our master. When you're unsaved, sin is your master that you have to obey. But when you're saved, you volunteer. 
and sin. You can still sin while you're saved, but you volunteer. You say, I think I want to do that. He said abstain, which means you have the ability to do that. You have the ability not to abstain. He says abstain signifies the, that the saints have the ability by the power of the Holy Spirit to restrain from lustful flesh or sinful desires. The term sinful desires are not limited to sexual immorality, but encompasses the evils of humanity's sinful nature. Paul said this about the sinful nature in Galatians chapter 5, 19. The acts of the sinful nature. You want to know what the acts of the sinful nature are? You can check that and see if anybody you know have any of these. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. They're sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord. Now we start getting into territory where... Hatred, discord. Discord means that you don't like what somebody just told you and you're going to tell them about it, but not with love. You're going to give them a piece of your mind with a little piece you got left. You're going to get that away. (laughs) Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. And he said, if I miss something, he said, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And Peter says that these lusts will wage war against our souls. It is the character of lust and cravings to war against our new heart that God has given us and he's created within the soul of every believer. I give you a new heart. King James said that these lusts will wage war, indicating a military campaign. These lusts got a campaign. They are deliberate. They are on purpose. He's waging war against us. He's not just meddling and aggravating, but it is a relentless, molecular insurgence into our lives to wage war against us. And since it takes place in our own soul, it's a civil war on the inside of every person. That's why Paul says we have to put on the whole armor of God to fight this war, for we wage war not against flesh and blood, but against wickedness and principalities. That spiritual warfare is not your neighbor turning over your garbage can. It is what you plan on doing to your neighbor after he turned on your garbage can. That's where the war is in your own mind. He turned over my garbage can, I'm gonna break his window. That's what, <laughs> that's what a spiritual war is. How are you gonna love your neighbor? No, I went home uh, a year or so ago, and uh, my neighbor had put a note on my car to not to park in front of his house anymore. My next-door neighbor, my kind, friendly next-door neighbor. (laughs) I had no problems with at all. But a note, please don't park in front of my house. You know, and I said, ah, it's no problem. But by the time I got to the end of the street after reading the note, I said, he don't own the street. That's a public street. And he has no right to tell me not to park in front of his house. I park wherever I want to park. But I didn't park in front of his house. A couple of months later, I saw him. He had parked in front of mine. <laughs> what did my mind tell me? Go put it right on note and put it on his car. Y'all already know how to. See that? Y'all in the same war I'm in. Put a note on his car. Say, don't you park in front of my house. But I didn't do that. I just left it alone. 
but I sure wanted to. Just to let him know, well, see there? You never know where you might have to park. There's always an arrow or something, no matter where you are, that which will come and try to entice you to do something that you shouldn't be doing. And that's what Peter is saying. He says, a personal godly discipline that you need that is inward and private, that you know, when you're not saying anything to anybody, those thoughts will still come in your mind and your heart about what you could do, shouldn't do, or whatever you might be. You go to the store to buy something and you found that somebody left something there. They left the purse out there in the, in the basket outside in the car, right by your car. They left their purse in the basket and you just see it sitting there. And you have been praying that the Lord will, will have a supernatural <laughs> blessing. You've been praying. You've been believing God. You've been calling those things that are not as though they were. God says, I'm able to make all grace abound toward you so that at all times you'll have all that you need. And you open it up and there's nothing but cash in there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> That's God. That's the answer to my prayer. The Lord know how to do it. Amen. He let the devil drop this purse right here. Now, you know that ain't your money. So if we're going to influence the world around us, we need to start with a personal commitment to a godly life. Start with a personal commitment. A lady gave me too much change. I took it back to her. She was like surprised. I'm surprised you would bring it back. I said, yeah, but I'm the pastor. <laughs> mm. I would have taken it back anyway. Don't you take it back? Hallelujah. I, I know y'all do. That's why I love this church. <laughs> Glory to God. Take it back. Take it back. Secondly, Peter encourages a personal godly demonstration that is outward in public. He says this, live such good lives among the pagans. Now, when we're talking about pagans, we're not talking about, you know, some ancient civilization where folks were just, you know, didn't wear a lot of clothes and all that stuff and had primitive weapons. Pagans are those who don't know the Lord. You live such good lives among your co-workers that don't know Christ, among your neighbors, among the people that you engage with all the time. Though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they can see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So in order for us to effectively evangelize, our transformed inner lives have to be visible to an outside world. See, there are some people you can't share your faith on your job because you done cut up so bad that nobody want to hear what you got to say. You done kicked stuff over. You done lied on folks. You know, not, not y'all, but some of the other saints that go to some other churches. But you done lied on folks. You done spread rumors and gossip. You just are mean and had a bad attitude. You won't hardly work. You're lazy. I'm not talking about y'all. Then you want to tell people how good God is. This is Jerry G. Martin, and we brought you this message today to help you to first recognize the Lord, your God, is one. You don't need any other higher power because God is one, and he contains everything you need. If you would like to hear this message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast, The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. There you can listen to today's message or previous messages that aired on this broadcast. 
You can also subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe to the podcast and get a notice that a new podcast is available for your listening enjoyment. I don't have to remind you that we're living in turbulent times. The Spirit of God is reaching out for those of you who don't know Him. If you are ready to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, you can do so now. If you need us to help you with that or pray with you that God will come into your life, call us right now at our prayer line number of 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. I invite you to join us either in person or online each Sunday at lowcf.org or at our location of 16161 Old Humble Road. Be sure to visit our bookstore. We have it right here on our campus. Call us for church supplies, communion supplies, books or Bibles that you might need at 281-441-2885. Again, that number is 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.